Hello, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Michael Grant, Senior Pastor of Faith Worship Center International right here in Columbus, Georgia. Today, I'd like to share a word straight from God that's just for you. I hope you're prepared. Grab your pen, paper, your tablet. Most importantly, grab your Bible, your sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And let's prepare to take notes on what God has to share with you on today. I'm excited for you because you're about to grow to a greater place of faith in God. Let's tune into the word. Let me hear you say the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. If you look around our world today, it doesn't necessarily look like knees are bowing and it definitely doesn't sound like tongues are confessing that Jesus is Lord. These days were prophesied of by one of the apostles. We know him fairly well, the apostle Paul. He said in the last days, there'll be perilous times. Just this week alone in our city, can't speak for other cities, but we've seen heartbreaking things that have taken place. And all in the midst of the holiday season, people are robbing one another. Lives are being taken. Peril is all around us. And we as the church, we have the remedy. We have the answer. Uh, But it seems as though we have not maximized the power, the ability Some may even say the assignment that we've been given as believers. Normally on this Sunday, I would take time to focus on the birth of Jesus Christ and make sure that we as believers don't get overcome with the intent and agendas of this world that we live in concerning shopping and buying gifts and making sure that we get what we want. Uh, But as I was preparing for today, I heard the Lord say to go in a different direction. And somebody say, this is a prophetic church. So we believe in following the voice of God. And and so today I I heard the Lord say, it's time to intensify. It's time to intensify. We find a great example of this in scriptures in the book book of Mark, chapter number 10, verses number 46 through 52. And I want to read this and kind of expound on it to make sure that we grasp the concept of what God is requiring of us as his church. Mark chapter 10, verse number 46, is the testimony of a gentleman who is going through hardship and has gone through the hardship the entirety of his life. The Bible talks about this guy named Blind Bartimaeus, who is the son of a gentleman named Timaeus. Uh, He comes from a family of blind men. And the Bible says that after they came to Jericho, as he went over uh, out of Jericho with his disciples, he being Jesus, the Bible says a great number of him and a great number of people, the blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the wayside, the highway side begging, uh, as he had always done. The Bible says, and when 
he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth that was passing by. He began to cry out. And what did he say? Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. That makes sense because he has need. And he saw the supplier of need coming by, or he, should I better say, heard that the supplier of needs was passing by. And he met, he had the audacity or the bravery to not remain in the situation that he was in, but ask God to help him. The Bible says he cried out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, do what? Have mercy on me. Watch verse number 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Doesn't that sound like the present time that we're living in? That you're trying all you can to be the example that God has assigned you to be. You're, you're doing everything within your power to, to be a believer, to be an ambassador of Christ, to make sure that your life is in alignment with the things of God, only to find out that when you uh, get to a place of need, the culture is trying to silence you. Man, I must be in the wrong church this morning. Y'all wondering why the podium ain't here? Y'all trying to figure me out? I'm just talking to you. <laughs> the world as we know it is contrary to the things of God. As a matter of fact, I'd like you to, to jot down if you're taking notes that the culture is contrary to the kingdom. The culture that we live in, this world's culture, is contrary to the kingdom of God whereby we have been made citizens in. And we see Bartimaeus experiencing this very pressure, this very oppression from the culture speaking contrary to the very assignment of the kingdom. Now, we know that Jesus came. He said, I didn't come for those who need not a physician. I came for those who were sick. I came. The king of the kingdom, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the very reason that, he's, that he came was to help those who were in need. And now we see in Mark chapter 10, a man by the name of blind Bartimaeus who has had a need his entire life. And now he finally encounters the kingdom. And the voice of the culture is telling him, be quiet. It don't take all that. Don't stop calling all. Stop. Stop. Why, why you praise like you praise? Why you praying like you praying? Why you calling on the name of Jesus? Jesus is an old white man's religion that they brought over from the European world and they're trying to just control you. But why would you dare? Am I talking modern terms for you? Why would you dare even think to pray to a God, a man? You're a man just like you were. The culture is counter to the kingdom. And so we see this, uh, Paul talks about this. Before we finish uh, Bartimaeus' testimony, we got to look to the book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. And we'll start at verse number 14 through 18. Here we see Paul instruction, instructing the believers in the church of Corinth concerning how to conduct themselves as believers. And it's specifically called the day of salvation, meaning there's going to come a day when you need saving. Can anybody think back about that time of your life when you knew you needed God? You knew you needed God to come through for you. Your prayers wasn't getting answered. You felt like wasn't nothing going to break through because you was raised in the church. You was raised around things of God, but, but you, had, you, you, you were brought up in the church, but the church wasn't in you, and you had an encounter where you needed God, and you begin to cry out and ask God to come through you, through for you. You needed saving. 
Those were the moments that, that Paul wanted to speak to the church of Corinth, much like we here in the United States of America. He wanted to encourage them how to conduct themselves when you needed the, the Savior to come through for you. After you have given your life to Christ, he wanted them to understand that you're living in a world that is counter the kingdom of God. And he told them this, uh, verse number 14, he says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Be ye not unequally equally yoked together with unbelievers. Young people watching or young people in here with us, that term yoke doesn't mean the middle of an egg that you eat and scramble up in the morning, right? That yoke means it's a contraption that is noosed around your neck and it connects you with other people. That means the work that they're doing, you right there with them. That's why your parents tell you all the time, watch who you affiliate yourself with because you might get yourself in trouble, guilt by association. Old, old saying says, you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas, you know what I mean? So you got to watch who you affiliate yourself with. And, and Paul gives this same instruction to the church of Corinth by inspired word of the Lord telling them, don't you yoke yourself together unevenly or unequally with unbelievers. And he begins to explain. He says, but for what fellowship hath unrighteousness with righteousness and what communion has light with darkness? He goes on to say, and what concord does Christ have with Belial or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement, verse 16 says, has the temple of God with idols? For you know that, the, that, you're, that uh, you who, your temple, ye are the temple of the living God as God has says, I will dwell in them and will walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Here's what I find to be a reality today. Uh, you can't tell the difference in righteous folk and unrighteous folk. Why? Because Christians have conformed to the culture instead of standing firm going against the grain and making sure that when they are in a setting that is not necessarily righteous or not necessarily Christian, that they stand and be the standard that God has called them to be. Look at your neighbor and say, no condemnation, uh, just information for clarification so that you can get your manifestation. The reality of the matter is we are called to be difference makers in this earth. We are called to be God's example. As a matter of fact, we are called and assigned to be his ambassadors. We are supposed to be the the living, breathing, moving, expressed uh, presence of God. But we have found ourselves so numbed by the culture that we don't realize that we got too much in common with the culture. God poses a question through the Apostle Paul to the Church of Corinth. He says, how are you going to distinguish yourself from them? What, 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 what fellowship is it, is it that unrighteous has with righteous? Here's a question. Here's a question that he's asking. He says, how is it? Believers, how is it, righteous people, how is it that you get along better with sinners than you get along with saints? Some of us can't stand believers. Uh, we, we look at each other, roll our eyes, and, and snap our necks at each other, and can't even hold a, a, a candid conversation with people of the like faith. But we go out there in the world, and we, can, we, we fit real good in with them. Why is that? Because we've gotten lax. We've gotten comfortable in the culture. Ask your neighbor, are you too comfortable in this culture? Ooh, it's quiet in this sanctified prophetic church. They don't want pastor to preach about this. I got to because God wants you to be, uh, to be alert and aware of the strategies that the enemy is ensuing on his people. And the reality of it is if we don't wake up and realize what we're in, then we'll fall prey to the same things. He said, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Here's what verse number 17 says. I want you to read this with me now. Don't, don't you leave me out here by myself, saints. If you're following along, read this uh, along with us as well. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 6. Ready, ready, read. Wherefore, come out 
Oh, y'all read that like you didn't want to do it. No, you're going to read that again, saints. You're going to read that again. Oh, you, you, you're going to read that again. You're going to read like you believe it. You're going to read like you mean it. You're going to read it like God himself is rebuking you. Ready? Go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Says who? Uh-huh. Paul's right there. Come out from among them. Who is them? Who is them? The culture. Who is, who is them? Who are they? Who is them? That's not good walking around English, I know. But who is them? Who, who, are, who is the them that God is telling us to come out from among? It's those who are persuaded by the culture. We're instructed to ensure that we are not merely going with the flow. Ann Hartman of late told us that we're called to go against the grain. Anytime that you're going in a direction and everybody is following you, telling you you're doing everything right, you might need to check your circle of friends. Because uh, uh, your poo-poo stank too now. Everything you do ain't right. Come on now, all of us, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's why we need salvation. And after we have been saved, there's a recommendation for us so that we don't remain in a stuck or stagnant place. And that instruction is come out from among them. Come out from among them. And I'm not, in, I'm not suggesting that we should not have relationships with un, unsaved uh, people. Truth of the matter is, we should understand that our posture in their lives is that we can be an example so that they too can come out. But when we hang around people that are ungodly to the point that we start acting like them instead of them acting like us, now we've dropped the ball. Now we've gotten off the mark. Somebody say, come out from among them. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Somebody say, distinguish yourselves. We want to be distinguished and well-known and have rapport and have a reputation before people, but the reputation that we have in heaven far supersedes the reputation that we're going to have in earth. Ask your neighbor, what do they call you in heaven? Yeah, how do they know you? Do they even know your name? Is your name written? I believe I'm talking to believers in here. Don't, don't judge yourself off of your actions. Judge yourself off of who you gave your life to. And if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, that means your name has been written in heaven. Heaven knows you by name. When the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy everything about you, that's why all of heaven backs everything that you say and do. That's why the enemy can't take you out. Why? Because your name is written in heaven. So those prestigious entities, they don't have to know my name. They don't have to acknowledge me. When I come into the banquet, they ain't even got to say hello to me. They don't have to give me a special seat. Why? Because when he calls us all home, I know that they'll have a special seat, more than just a seat, a mansion with my name written on it. It's time for me to dwell here because my name is written in heaven. But how I dwell here speaks of who he's called me to be so that I can maintain this place. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. Somebody say, be distinguished. Saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. God told me to ask you this question. What is it that I have told you to let go of that you've went back and picked up? Oh, come on in here. Come on in here. What things in the culture? Come on, don't, don't, we're not talking sin. We're talking, we're talking things that, that you feel comfortable in. What things have you said, oh, it's all right to get back to that? What things have you made an excuse for you to be okay to do what God told you to stop doing? There was a reason that God placed that conviction in your life. And the reason that he placed that conviction in, in your life is so that he could protect you as opposed to you trying to protect yourself. There are some things that you just can't keep yourself in, and God knows it. Therefore, he gives you a conviction so that you'll stay away from it. Come out from among them, be separate, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be your father. You shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God said that your sonship is at stake. 
When you get too comfortable in the culture, when you get too settled around ungodly things and you take on their ways, your sonship begins to be at stake. You'll be like Samson. Your power is gone and you don't even realize it. So it, it demands that when we come into the knowledge of something overwhelming us, when we come into the knowledge of the fact that God wants us to be, he wants us to be separated, he wants us to be holy as he is holy, it demands that we do so, so that we will be able to be who he's purposed us to be. He said, come out from among them. Why? Because the culture is contrary to the kingdom. We see this in Bartimaeus' situation here. He has, he has, he's been stuck in the rut for, for his entire life, and now the kingdom has come, and the culture is telling him in Mark chapter 10, be quiet, don't say anything. And the Bible says in, in Mark chapter 10, verse number 48, and many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more great deal. Somebody say it's time to intensify. So the culture was telling him to be quiet. The culture was contrary to the moment. The culture was contrary to what God wanted to get established through his son in the life and for the testimony of a man who had been stuck in a situation all his life long. Somebody say, the culture causes spiritual stagnation. Y'all going to listen to me in here today. The culture causes you. When you get too comfortable in the culture, you can't grow in God. As a matter of fact, the reality of it is the culture is not an atmosphere that's conducive for spiritual growth. So when you find yourself getting comfortable in the things of God, that's when you start uh, making excuses not to read your word. That's when you start finding excuses to not spend time in prayer. That's when, watch, you start getting too busy to spend quality time with God. And you're giving God these, these quick little moments when you know the situations that you're facing need fasting and prayer. Jesus said it this way to his disciples. This kind will only be conquered through fasting and prayer. There are some things in your life that you got to push away from what you want and lock into what God is telling you there are moments in your life when you if you're going to win if you're going to be victorious you got to give God more than you've been giving him somebody say it's time to intensify and I believe we're living in that time today because we see that the voice of the word of God is becoming more and more silent. If we look around our city, this region, there's been crime on the rise. I talked to a friend of mine who lives, a high school, old high school mate of mine who was considering moving back to Columbus, Georgia and the surrounding areas. And he said he was talking with his wife about moving back, but she kept bringing up how high the crime rate is in this area. And I said, I know why the crime rate is so high because the church been shut down. Since 2020, the church has been secluded, quiet. Some of them haven't even been meeting not even virtually and as for the power carriers of the presence of God not meeting when we don't assemble when we don't stay on our post the kingdom of darkness has free reign but now it's time for us as a church to realize we'll accept that we missed our mark we'll accept that we dropped the ball we'll accept that we failed God we were so worried about the pandemic that we didn't continue to give God praise we were so worried about catching COVID that we didn't honor Christ as king but I tell you this now that we see the error of our ways what we're going to do is is we're going to be careful. We're going to do what we need to do. If you got to vaccinate, vaccinate. If you got to wear a mask, wear a mask. But what we refuse to do is not be in our position as the sons and daughters of God because our communities are at stake. 
kingdom wants to lock you, the, the culture rather wants to lock you into a place of immobility, just like blind Bartimaeus. They telling him, no, stay where you are. Stay just like that. Why? Because the systems benefit off of poverty. Oh God, I wish I could deal with that for a second. You do know that the poor, Jesus even said it, will be with us always. Why? Because the systems of man, there's somebody getting paid good money because there's a system called welfare in place. There's somebody getting paid good money because somebody is incarcerated. There's somebody getting paid good money because everybody is stuck in a rut. But when is the church going to arise and shine and let our light come so that the glory of the Lord can be seen? all throughout our communities. You want to fix the issues in Columbus, Georgia? You can march, you can protest, you can rally, but let the church come together and be who God has called us to be. Somebody say, let the church intensify. Yeah, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus found himself in that rut where he was immobile. He was stuck in a rut. He was stuck in a place, and the culture was telling him, stay right there. But I like Bartimaeus' posture, the, the Bible says, but he cried a more great deal. He intensified. Let's talk a little bit more about this place. I sense the Holy Ghost dealing with this spiritual stagnation. What is spiritual stagnation? It's when you become a spiritual uh, apathy. You, you, you yield, rather, to spiritual apathy when you have a lack of concern for or a lack of interest or a lack of enthusiasm about the things of God. Can any of us tell the truth? Don't raise your hand, but at least don't lie to yourself and be honest and say, over the last year to year and a half, I lost some of my interest in the things of God. I got off focus concerning what God called me to do. I let some things distract me and I was more focused about what people thought about me or I was more focused about filling the blank, whatever your more, more focus was than what God had called me to do. I lost my focus. I became, I became open to spiritual apathy. And then when, I, when it was time to get a prayer through, I felt like I had to, I had to stir up my gift again. Listen, now we're, we're not living in a season where you, let, your, where you left, let your gift settle. Your gift need to be stirred when you wake up in the morning. Your gift need to be stirred. But what, what, you need to wake up out your sleep praying in the Holy Ghost. Yes, God Almighty. You need, to, you need to be having dreams about things of God. You need to be daydreaming about the, the things that God wants to be fulfilled. Am I in the right church? This is what God desires of us if we're going to overcome. So we cannot yield to this apathy that is playing the world as we know it. We want to have cute church. We want to have predictable church. But God said, I'm trying to get you off your script and onto mine. I want to be able to move the way I want to move through my people. I want to be able to to let you uh, have prepared one thing and me just do a totally different thing. Why? Because you're so in relationship with me that that you're not stuck in a place. God said some of us are stopped up. We need a spiritual enema. We got spiritual dreams and visions that are locked up on the inside of us, but we've been so settled in the place of the culture that we've lost all of our water. Oh, come on in here and help me. We've lost all of our, we've lost the the spiritual hydration and we're so dehydrated that we're stopped up in the spirit. God said, it's time for us to die back in the waters again. It's time for us to get saturated in his presence. It's time for us to come out from among them, be separate, dive into the waters of his presence so that we can live again, so that we can flow again so that we can move again, so that we can come alive again. Somebody say, let's live again. It's time to intensify. Bartimaeus was, he was in that position. He was, he was blocked up. He was stopped up. He couldn't move. But he knew it. 
That's the thing I like about blind Bartimaeus. He, he might have been blind in the natural, but he wasn't blind to his situation. He knew the situation that he was in. And so he did not allow the culture. Somebody say the culture. He did not allow the culture to cause him to be contradictory to his opportunity to enter into the kingdom. The Bible says in verse number 48, Mark chapter 10, and many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more great deal. And he said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Watch. Jesus was moving, but his cry made Jesus stand still. Can I encourage somebody just for about 10, 15 seconds and let you know that God heard your cry? God heard your cry when you were stuck in your rut. God heard you cry out a prayer of of repentance, a prayer of deliverance, and ask him to, to come and rescue you through your situation. He heard your cry, and your prayer has stopped heaven, and it has gotten the attention of the one who was on the throne. Please believe, understand, and don't you dare doubt it another day in your mind that God hears your prayers. God knows what you're going through. There are things that God allows you to go through so it'll make you better, make you stronger, make you more of a testimony for his kingdom. But please believe that just because he didn't answer when you first cried doesn't mean that he didn't hear you. But perhaps, just perhaps, believer, the reason he didn't answer when you first cried in the midst of the culture is because he wanted you to intensify. Look at somebody and say, God wants you to intensify. God wants more from you. God needs you to step outside of your comfort zone. Some of y'all ain't shouted hallelujah in a year and a half. Somebody just shout it right now just for the sake of shouting. Somebody ought to give God praise. Somebody ought to do something you ain't done before. Intensify. You ought to settle within yourself that what I used to do, what I used to be, where I used to be stuck at, I refuse to stay there. Somebody say hallelujah. I refuse to stay in an old place. I may have been blind to it before, but now I see. Old song used to say, I once was blind, but now I see I can see again. My, the scales have been removed off of my eyes. The, the earmuffs have been taken off of my ears. Now I have eyes to see. I have ears to hear, and I'm going to put them to work. I'm going to intensify. Somebody say, let's intensify. Bartimaeus said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called to him. Watch. The king spoke to the culture. God Almighty. I don't care what happens in this world. I don't, hear, I don't care who sits in office. I don't care when the, when the mark of the beast is implemented. I don't care what takes place in this world. When the king talks, the culture got to listen. That's why you don't want to be moved by who's in the, in the Oval Office. You don't want to be moved by who's not in the Oval Office. You don't want to be moved. You don't want to be moved by who's the Senate, who's in control of the Senate. You want to be aware. You want to be knowledgeable. You want to be, be a savvy citizen. But above that, you want to make sure that the one who's lording over your life is the one who is the king of kings, the one who is the lord of lords. Oh, I'm talking. Am I talking to people who too bought into the kingdom, to, uh, to the culture rather, to realize that when the kingdom talks, the culture got to listen you do know one day the king gonna crack the sky and every knee is gonna bow every tongue is gonna confess the bible declares that the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdoms of our lord and of his christ they might be in charge today but the bible says fret not yourselves for evildoers for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither you might be making my laws now but one day my king is gonna show up one day the one who i gave my life to is gonna crack the sky and you best believe that he's gonna call all of his saints together and when we come back we're coming back on a mission we're coming back to annihilate the very works of the adversary and he said behold there will be a new heaven and a new earth and when it happens you best believe Michael Grant going to be one of those who are leading why 
because I choose to intensify here and now. I don't, I'm not going to be moved by this culture because the king is Lord of all. Jesus, the king, spoke to the culture. You said, well, pastor, he talking, you know, he, Jesus is surrounded by saved folk. Yeah, he got about 5,000 with him right now, but it ain't but 120 of them that's following him then that's going to make it through. Why? Because they are trying to pursue the kingdom, but the culture still got them gripped. That's why you got to watch it when folk around the church that, 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 that swear themselves to be believers try to tell you what, what God is or is not going to do in your life. Somebody get to speaking against your vision, speaking against your dream, speaking against your hope and telling you you just need to let go of what God told you. You need to look them square in the eyes and tell them you need to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because for me, I know how to work minds. And that's all I got to say about that. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Jesus stood still and commanded them or commanded him to be called. He told the culture, stop telling him to be quiet and bring him to me. And they, the same ones that told him to be quiet, the same culture that was used to silence and stagnate him, the same, cu- the, the same culture that caused him to succumb to the apathy of that age had to go say unto him. They called unto him and said, be of good comfort. Rise. The king is calling you. God, speak to your people past the voice of this age that's trying to silence the voice within them, that's trying to distract them from knowing your voice and following the voice of a stranger. God, speak louder in the hearts and the minds and the spirit of your people that they'll know your voice and they'll adhere to what you're instructing them. Jesus called him and they said, be of good comfort, rise, for he calleth thee. I like Bartimaeus. He blind, but he got a revelation. He blind, but he got a revelation. And he casting away his garment arose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Hmm. Lord, that I might receive my sight. What is it that I can do for you, Bartimaeus? What is it that you need from me, Bartimaeus? What is it that even in a state of being boxed in, locked in, unable to overcome, you need from me? He said, I want to be able to do what I couldn't do before. I want to intensify my ability. Somebody say, I need to intensify. Yes, indeed. Here's what he he wanted to overcome. Understand, we are at odds with this culture. And so God wants us to understand we are at odds with this culture and therefore we must be intent on overcoming this culture. We are at odds with this culture, therefore must, we must be intent on overcoming this culture. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4, that we overcome, uh, uh, this is the victory that we overcome, even our faith. And so if we are going to be able to overcome this culture, we must do so by our faith. But our faith cannot remain where it was in 2019. Our faith must intensify. Romans chapter 1, verse number 17. Turn there real quickly. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Here's what Paul, we believe, tells to the church of Rome. He says, for therein or herein is the righteousness of God revealed. You got it? What does it say? From faith to faith. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Here is the right way to live your life, says Paul. You cannot stay in the last place of faith that you were in. 
You cannot stay in the last place of faith that you're in. 2019 faith ain't going to do it. 2019 faith will not do it. That's why whatever you were, the way that you were in pursuit of God in 2019 is not sufficient for 2021. Because we told you, listen, we told you prophetically that things were going to get worse. And we didn't want to hear that. We wanted to hear that things were going to get better. We wanted to, that's, and that's what we got to be careful in this modern, modern day and age where uh, prophets prophesying according to their own spirit. Saying things are going to get better and things are going to turn around. Y'all, we're getting closer to the end. Things have to get darker. But here's our hope. Here's the silver lining in it for believers. As things get darker in the earth, our light radiates brighter. So we're not going to get darker. And some of you might go through some things, but God is going to cause those things to be turned around and cause a greater version of yourself to be birthed forth. You are going to shine brighter. So we got, but the only way to move from a place of faith is to, is to go through things. For the trying of your faith is what worketh patience. Here's what James said. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. He said, but, but let it have its perfect, perfect work so that you'll be whole, entire. You'll be mature. You'll be who God has called you to be for now. Somebody say, the old me isn't good enough. God Almighty, I'm going to help somebody. The me I was, my last success is not good enough for now. I got to grow in God. I got to grow in God. I got to advance in the things of God. And the only way I'm going to be able to do so is that I move from faith to faith. Somebody say, let's grow in faith. And so here's, here's, here's what we see in the, in the life of Bartimaeus. I'm almost done. The Bible says in, in verse number uh, 51 of Mark chapter 10, and Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Jesus said, oh, 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 oh I don't got to do nothing about that. Anything, it ain't thing I got to do. I don't have to lift my hands. I don't have to lay my hands. I don't have to speak a word over your life. This is Jesus talking. This is the king of the kingdom speaking through the culture to someone who's been bound and stuck, stagnant, and have become, uh, uh, succumbed to apathy in the midst of the culture. This is him saying, oh, I, don't got, I don't got to lift a finger for that. I don't have to lift a finger for that. I can only imagine Bartimaeus is looking like, what do you mean? Why, why, normally, normally, you, normally, Jesus, you spit on the ground and you make mud and you rub it on blind people's eyes. That's, at least that's what I heard. Normally you lay hand, normally you do something. He's, I can imagine adding some context to it that Jesus said, yeah, I have to do that for people who are weak in faith. I have to do that for people who, who, are, who are in an old place of faith and who, who don't know the importance of moving from faith to faith. But he says, I can imagine him saying, but Bartimaeus, that's not you. Yeah, because when the culture was talking, you kept pressing against it. You didn't succumb to the culture. You felt the pressure of the culture. But when the culture told you to be quiet, you stepped out on faith. Blind as you are, you stepped out on faith. You didn't allow the culture to dictate. So I don't have to lift a finger because your faith. Let's read it together now. Let's read it together. See this. He said, and Jesus said unto him, go on. Go on. The, the same way you walked over here to me. Watch, watch. You, he, <laughs> the scripture doesn't give context to this, but can I just imagine for a moment? <laughs> the Bible says he cast off his garment. That Bartimaeus, when he, when he, when he, when he heard the, the words speak to him in the midst of the culture, he cast off his garments and he went to Jesus. 
Bartimaeus, you blind. Where you going? You can't see. How you going to get to Jesus without having sight? Jesus said, I don't have to lay my hands on you. I don't have to touch you. The mere moment you made it in your mind that if I spoke to you, you were going to come to me, you saw me when you obeyed me. Somebody ought to give God praise for that and realize that you're wanting God to do something for you that your actions, your act of faith has already activated in your life. Listen, the mere fact that you were bold enough, that you had the audacity enough to go against what your emotions were telling you, to go against what your family was telling you, to go against what the culture and the voices of the principalities of this age were telling you. When you stepped out on faith, you were so focused on God, you didn't realize that your faith made you whole. Somebody say, you whole and don't know it. Tell your neighbor, you're already free. Tell your neighbor, you're already forgiven. Tell your neighbor, you're already redeemed. Tell your neighbor, you're already healed. Somebody tell your neighbor, you're already provided for. You already have all you need because you stepped out on faith. Bartimaeus could have stayed seated. Bartimaeus could have stayed there whining and complaining. Bartimaeus could have stayed there begging and pleading for somebody to supply his need. But he intensified his faith. Somebody say it's time to intensify. He intensified in faith. He didn't stay in that old place where he was. He stepped out on faith and moved forward. Jesus said unto him, go thy way. Go wherever you want to go. Hear this, hear this. You were in the culture. So go back to the culture and live the way you were living because your faith has made you whole. I wish I had time to talk about wholeness in the place of healing. Here's what God wants you to see. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. He didn't go back to the culture, Deke. He didn't go back to what he was doing before. He didn't go back and wallow in his mess because God made him free. The Bible says who the son made free is free indeed. The very course and trajectory of his life changed. He went back. He looked back at the side of that road and said, I've been begging over there all my life. I've been begging people to help me, and now I've encountered the king and the kingdom. Here's what I can do. I can go back over there and look at everybody and ask them to help me, or I can follow this man who has made me whole by speaking the word. Bartimaeus had the good walking around sense to say, instead of me going back to my mess, I'm going to follow after the one that's blessed. I'm going to go over here with Jesus, and I'm going to do things his way. Somebody ought to give God thanks and praise for that now. Because what he's trying to do is pull you from where you were into where he wants you to be. What he's looking to do is to show you you had the strength to pull yourself out of that rut to pull yourself out of that mire, to pull yourself out of that mist, and to move from that place of faith to the next place. Listen, wherever you are in your life, please know and believe your faith brought you here. But in order for you to get to the next place that God has in store for us, who knows what's coming in 2022? We're not, we ought not be afraid. Matter of fact, we ought to be excited. We ought to be excited. We ought to be anticipative of what God is going to put before us because whatever he puts before us, he's going to get glory out of it. And so we must be willing to intensify. Look at somebody say, it's time to intensify. Now, the God I serve, if he'll do it for Bartimaeus, a blind man, <laughs> what more will he do for you when you've been honoring him all your days as a believer, when you have been serving him, when you've been praying, you've been fasting? And those things don't make you more righteous, but it shows that you're bought in. 
what more will he do for you who've been moving in a place of faith up until this point? My encouragement to you is don't be settled with where things are today. Don't remain in a place of stagnation in an old place of faith, but embrace the message that God is releasing to us. It's time to intensify. Tell somebody, it's time to intensify. Now, I want you to make a commitment today. I want you to make a commitment within yourself that you're going to give God more. I don't know what the area of more is. Your area of more may be, I've only been just getting up, saying good morning to the Lord and going about my day. And I'm going to give him five minutes. Instead of giving him 10 seconds, I'm going to give him five minutes. I mean, your thing may be, I need to, I'm going to, in the middle of my day, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to reconnect with God. I, I know you have jobs. I know you have lives. Some of y'all are retired and you, y'all loving it, aren't you? If only, if only everybody could be retired, then the country would be out of money and we would be broke, busted, and disgusted. Somebody need to go back to work. Do, I need to preach on that. Somebody need to go back to work. We got too many. We got too many now hiring signs. Some of y'all need to get back to work. Shoot. I've been looking at my investments. They ain't moved since 20, to the end of, middle of 2021. Go back to work so my investments can shoot up, dog. I'm playing, but I'm not playing. You know, it's one of, one of those things. God Almighty, please help the market. It was booming. At Christmas time, that thing supposed to be jacked up. Anyway, back in the spirit, Michael. Whatever your thing is, Give God more. I know we live, lead busy lives, but God wants more. Whatever your thing is, let's commit to giving him more. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. This is David talking. Nor his seed begging bread. If you're righteous, God has more in store for you. Whatever the more is, don't sit and wait for it to come to you. It's time to intensify and give God all that we have. Tomorrow's not promised, but one thing for sure we have today. And while we're in our right minds, while the blood is running warm in our veins, while there's breath in our lungs, and while we have the activity of our limbs, let us as believers give God all that we have because he's worth and worthy of that and much more. Do we all agree today? Wow, what a message. What a word, man. I just love God's word. It's so empowering, so impactful causes us to be exactly what God wants us to be. I hope you enjoyed that message. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to catch us via our live stream, you can do so by going to our website, www.michaelgrantministries.net on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. or Tuesdays at 7.15 p.m., both Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, I pray that you stay strong in your faith and in all that God is speaking in your life, you have exactly what you say.